Supergirl Radio Rebirth, your source for current Supergirl comics that started with DC Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number 28, which was written by Mark Andreco, pencils by Eduardo Pansica and Evan Shaner, or Shanner, uh, inks, by, inks by Julio Ferreira and Evan Shanner, or Shanner, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce some of these people's names. Uh, so I'm hoping that either one of those is correct. And Colors by FCO Placencia. The description for this issue reads, quote, Supergirl and the Omega Men versus Supergirls? The Omega Men's secret base of operations is attacked by the Citadel, who brought with them an entire army of Supergirls who all don't seem to be built quite right. With Supergirl fighting multiple versions of herself, it proves the old saying, you are your own worst enemy, unquote. <laughs> Yeah, so Supergirl did have to go up against all of Harry Hokum's clones uh, that uh, are unstable on a cellular level, uh, <laughs> So, which makes it uh, very sad, ultimately, for how things end with the clones. Uh, but Morgan, what did you think about Supergirl in this issue and, and her uh, fight with the clones and then uh, with the guy who created the clones? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I think that they're, uh, I think it's interesting that they're the way that they're playing with like Supergirl kind of having this bubbling rage underneath in these issues. Like it's been a couple of issues, and every time she gets that, uh, that axe, uh, of, uh, What's his name? Czar? Rogelzar. Rogelzar's act. She's like, oh, God, I'm angry. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, So I I think it's interesting that they're playing around with the idea of her having to, like, fight off her her anger and and not just be, you know, the kind of Supergirl that we're used to that's, you know, willing to give people a bunch of chances in this issue. She totally not on purpose, kind of accidentally kills all the Supergirl clones. And she's like, whoops, my bad, (laughs) Uh, which I thought was like dark, but also kind of funny, like, because I've got a weird sense of humor. Cause she was like, Oh, I didn't think that that clap was just going to like, throw the, like disintegrate them and they're they're all just kind of like on the ground uh turns out that they weren't made super well like you're gonna want to put some craftsmanship into your supergirl <laughs> and harry hokum was just like really cutting corners his little his little green buddy was like trying to tell him that he was like listen i did kind of tell you like you didn't read the reports i sent you and harry hokum <laughs> Just choked him, which I thought was really mean. He wanted a yes man. He wanted a yes man. He and and that guy was like, "Listen, I've done the research." Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought the uh, the little guys that work for Harry Hogan have had just like the worst couple of days <laughs> uh, <laughs> because at one point she like bursts into the ship because she's so mad after she accidentally kills all the Supergirl clones, the weird monster clones, and um. She like breaches the ship and all of like they're all like holding on to like <laughs> <laughs> to like I don't know anything that they can to not get sucked out of the the breach in the ship and they're like not again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it just keeps happening to them. What what's amazing to me is that Harry Holcomb didn't seem to think of a plan B. Like, he didn't think a plan B was necessary. He thought his clones were going to take care of Supergirl, and that was going to be it. He was so, it seemed to me, he was surprised that Supergirl defeated the clones, 
and came after him. <laughs> I was like, what? You didn't think this was going to happen? Yeah, right? So uh, he he's not a really great bad guy. You would think that most bad guys would have a plan B and C and D just in case something doesn't happen. He was very confident in his clones and his uh, assistants were like, no, we tried to tell you th- these were not going to work. Yeah, he's like panicking. He's like, this was supposed to work. <laughs> um, they're, and they're like, sir, like, I know you don't listen, but I did tell you that all the clones were going to come out janky and you did not <laughs> listen. <laughs> Which uh, they did. Yes. Uh, so I I guess I just kind of fell in love with like the the evil middle manager in this uh, <laughs> in this issue because not only is uh, his little green dude who's just like trying to like get through his day and deal with his nightmare boss and not get sucked out of an airlock like pretty great but there's also uh, who is the ice like the guy who looks like he's made out of ice. Uh, are you talking about uh, Gandello? I am talking about Gandello. That's uh, Zendrical's mother. Oh, okay. So Gandello um, has a little buddy named Hackman. Do you remember Hackman? We've talked about Hackman Only before. I vaguely remember Hackman. I remember loving Hackman. <laughs> and I feel like uh, even though he threw a person out of an airlock and killed him, he he just he's just really got like a go-getter spirit about him. <laughs> Maybe it's all of his little arms. Maybe it's just this little face. I love I love Hackman. We need more of him in, in these issues. I was so surprised at the return of Hackman because I, I don't remember what issue it was. I'd have to go back and it's dig through. It's been so long. It's been a while. But Hackman had, I think, a cousin named Cezal. Oh, my God. Yes. Who was a, a little guy who I think was blue. Wasn't he the one who was with the um the lanterns? Maybe, but I just remember the two of them would communicate, and uh, I ju- I remember very distinctly that we talked about how uh, Superman and Supergirl were our f- number one favorite cousins, and then Hackman and Cezar <laughs> were number two. <laughs> yes, that's right. So, uh, so Hackman was like the highlight of the issue for me uh, because I was not expecting a return of of hackman and here he was and he did play a pivotal role he threw harry hokum into space uh so that (laughs) that was a shock to me uh so apparently um we we've got some more hackman and i'm very excited about it i was just excited to see the little guy pop up again i i remember i vaguely remembered him because i was like i remember that dude but i couldn't remember like where i knew him from just that i loved him (laughs) so uh, i'm excited that uh that gandello means that we'll get more hackman um i think we're gonna dive deep into the psychology of hackman (laughs) eventually that's that's how i feel uh i also speaking about like things with random things with supergirl i'm still confused by why supergirl um is like so upset about people using her father's technology for evil considering her father often uses his technology for evil (laughs) (laughs) she's like how could they possibly use this uh, my father's technology for something something so nefarious i'm like your father tried to take over the world like two months ago (laughs) i think so (laughs) and he used an army of undead clones yeah you think that all of this wouldn't have been as shocking to supergirl as it really was 
She's like, clones? <laughs> My father's technology being used for evil? I cannot imagine any of this. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it has already happened very clearly, and she had a big fight with him at the very beginning of Rebirth. Uh, but yeah, uh, I guess she's uh, she's moved past all that. Uh, yeah, so there is the uh, stuff with the clones, and I... I thought it was interesting that, so, I guess I should back up. I was concerned at one point during the reading of this issue because on page 10, Supergirl has a little bit of a hope speech. She started she yeah, started out that. going there, and I was like, oh, man, is she going to defeat these clones by giving a hope speech? I, I, I get that. That's her thing. Hope, help, and compassion for all. That's Supergirl's thing. But I'm getting a little tired of defeating the bad guy with a hope speech. And so I was I was a little concerned for a little while that that was going to be the thing that took them out and she was going to be successful. And then the hope speech doesn't work, to my great surprise. Like, <laughs> she she tries to uh, connect with the clones. Like, hey, if you if there is a part of me in, in there, you know, hear me out. I hope you can hear me say all this stuff. And the hope speech doesn't work. Now, I was very happy about that because it didn't uh, feel cliche in that regard. But then something else happens that I thought was a little cliche and I wasn't crazy about it. So, Morgan, what do you think? We we just kind of met uh, I, uh, Reander, I guess is how we're going to pronounce his name. He he's 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 a good looking character. He seems to be a good guy. But what did you think about the uh, the kiss to transfer the solar energy at a like a, he needed to do it at a faster rate? He didn't have a lot of time, so he kisses her to give her more solar energy so she can get her powers back. What were what were your thoughts on that? <laughs> it made me laugh so much because it's like talk about like the tropiest trope that you could possibly imagine it's like i'm sorry we have no time the only the only way to give you this power is to make out with you it's like really uh, okay strong attractive man <laughs> I, I think my favorite part is is how down with it the uh, car is like he's like I, I think we're just gonna have uh, uh, later on he jokes about like uh, he's like okay like I'll, I'll give you like a refill and she's like oh yeah <laughs> she's like i i don't i don't really know about like making out right now but like maybe <laughs> I just thought it was really funny because in the previous issue, she's like, you can tell she's like kind of crushing on him. She's like, oh, he's he's cute. And then in this issue, she, she's like, he's like to save your life. I have to make out with you. And then I'm like, did Kara write this one? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't mind it in terms of the the character stuff. But I, I, I sort of fought my 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 inner self thinking Oh, well, I didn't want that cliche of the hope speech, but then there was the cliche of the the last minute kiss to save the world kind of thing. And I was like, oh, man, we're here. Uh, but I guess it did, you know, did serve a purpose because it gave uh, Supergirl her powers back and she was able to to clap, do a super clap, which is awesome. And then that's how the clones are defeated. Um, but, yeah, I I didn't like that because what ended up happening was it led to a love triangle moment because Zender Cole and Crypto are still 
searching for Supergirl and they they get a signal for her and they come and write as uh, Reander and Supergirl are uh, holding hands because this time around he doesn't want to be a creep with the kiss. So he's 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 going to do it a different <laughs> way and give her her powers back uh, and charge her up. And right as that happens, Zender and um, Crypto come in. And I was like, oh, we're doing a love triangle. No, stop. So I got really agitated about that. Yeah, I know. Uh, green Green Chris Pratt was so upset when he saw them holding hands. Imagine if he'd come in for the the world saving kiss earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I, I will say the the panel that you're talking, the page that you're talking about, which I believe is page twenty, where he like walks in. He's like, "I'm back," <laughs> and they're like, "They're like, oh my god, you caught me." holding hands it's like very scandalous and uh he's really shocked they're really shocked crypto is psyched <laughs> not a good wing dog he, he he tells him earlier that he's like a like a good wing bro but like he is not crypto is just like jazzed about everything he's like oh cool <laughs> i think he's just really excited to see kara he is excited to see Kara. He's like, "Hey, Kara, girl, if this is what if this is what you're feeling, I'm I'm a, on board. <laughs> I'm appreciative." And uh, who's this dude? Who are you, Chris Green? Green Chris Pratt? I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think my problem with uh, Reander is that we we only just recently met him, so I don't know much about him. I had a lot of questions because at one point he. He mentions a we when he's talking about the Omega Man. So I, I, I was, I was like, is he part of the Omega? Like, he, is he an Omega Man? Is that how this works? It sounded like he had been with them for a while. So I don't know much about him, but I, I, I've spent time with Zinder uh, Cole. Like, I've tried to get to know him a little bit. I know about his mother. I know about his relationship with Crypto and with Supergirl. And so I did feel a little bit of a connection to that character, especially when he and Crypto are by themselves in that ship. And he, he's he's given us all of his feelings. Like he's he's basically he's talking to Crypto, but he's basically monologuing to himself <laughs> because Crypto's not really saying much in return. Excuse me, Crypto Crypto says rough barf <laughs> with a question mark and <laughs> Which is completely understandable. Which is like really powerful dialogue <laughs> <laughs> so i like the idea that we're we're getting as readers we're getting to know zender through his feelings about what's going on with his situation and so i feel more connected to zender as a character and so i'm like i i would have been totally fine with just if they were going to set up supergirl with this green chris pratt and do a uh, romance there why not just see that through? Why introduce, and I guess this is my problem with all love triangles, what, Why, if you already have this romance happening, why would you throw this other guy in here that I don't know? So I'm very conflicted about this because I don't have any problems with Reander. He helps Supergirl. He's fighting alongside the Omega Men. He seems to be a hero. He did a great job against the clones. I'm, I'm all about it. I'm fine with it. But... I don't like the idea that they've, like, forced this. They even, like, the panel on, I guess it's a full full page on page 20. It's even 
composed in a love triangle. Yeah, it really is. It's like ridiculous. I just I hate love triangles so much. So I was Me too. I was enjoying the space adventure. I was kind of liking. I've gotten used to the Omega Men. I'm I'm sort of enjoying what what's going on. And then we get to this love triangle, and I was like, oh. I feel like the the comic at this point has really hit the skids for me, like pump the brakes. <laughs> I'm not happy about this, but I'll see where it goes. It's just, I was not, I don't know why I wasn't expecting that. I got to the end of the issue and I was like, well, I should have seen that coming. I feel pretty <laughs> dumb that I didn't see it coming. Uh, I actually agree. I, I actually agree with you a lot on that. First, I hate love triangles. They're so lazy. They're so boring. We've all seen a million of them. But uh, like to your point, we've spent all this time with Zinder Cole. Like he even got his own solo adventure in that um that like expanded issue that we read, where it was like just him and like doing his Indiana Jones thing. And like we've seen his mother, and we've seen his like relationship there and like there's maybe he was he was a spent sent to spy on her and there's like a whole you know there's a whole backstory there with like complexity why did we go through all this if like she is interest if they're just going to introduce another love interest it just it seems so strange to like have this love interest kind of get introduced and then m- start immediately doing a love triangle i don't know Uh, but i mean i feel like this is like kind of rebirth in general because they like they threw out her love interest from the first part of rebirth yeah uh, easily uh, as uh, well uh uh what was his name uh ben ben rubel yes what's his name yes yeah like what happened to ben i liked ben i spent all this time with ben i was like really starting to get to like that character and uh and then they just kind of tossed him aside now she's zooming around space making out with a bunch of hot hot dudes in space like (laughs) i mean girl get it get yours but like also it's why do we spend all this time with zinder cole if it's if it's you know they're just setting up another love interest for her it does feel very i don't know it's it's the nature of the the love triangle beast though i think that they always think that love triangles are more interesting than they are they're not that interesting well and i think that writers do it because they think they need the conflict but the conflict in this scenario is that zinder cole was used by his mother as a spy against kara that's the dramatic yeah. conflict that would result in this situation that to me is more interesting than a love triangle, but writers feel compelled to throw a love triangle in there. But yeah, I guess we're we're 28 issues into this sort of rebirth era. I guess we're almost sort of post-rebirth because it's been so long, but now she's got yeah. a third love interest in 28 issues. And uh, it's, it's hard to, to your point, like we were kind of getting used to Ben and then we've dropped Ben all of a sudden and now we're kind of getting used to Zender. And then this new guy comes in. It's like, if you want me to get connected to these characters, you got to let me spend time with them. Yeah, because at this point, I just assume none of them are going to stick around. So, like, I, I just kind of don't care about a lot of these characters that they're introducing because I'm like, I don't really understand. Are they going to stick around? Is this just like an adventure that she's going on with them? And then it's going to be over. Like, I thought that Zinder Cole was going to be kind of a, a major character and maybe a love interest for her. But 
maybe not. I don't know. It's just, it's so strange. I don't know. It's always, they always, I feel like writers always feel like they need to put in a love triangle because they're like, it's juicy and it's exciting. And it's usually not (laughs) as uh, exciting as they think it is. Um, But also it's, they've already set up. There's a lot of conflict with that. You know, if there's a potential relationship between her and Zinder Colt, there's already a lot of conflict there. I don't think that they need to add like a third party to that. I, I agree. There's there's no need for it. And uh, I don't know. It's one of those things where I guess this is kind of sappy, but he's spending time with her dog and like taking care of her dog. I feel more connected and I like that character more because he has looked after. And I know this is so dumb, but he's looked after her dog. I mean, that is important. Crypto is the best and he protected Crypto. He uh, he <laughs> um made sure that crypto was okay after he got injured like that's a solid bro i mean if you want me to get connected to a love interest that's a good way to do it that's that's like if somebody was you know taking care of somebody's brother or sister or parent or you know something where it's like they they can be there for that person and i'm just like that's that's what's making me more connected to zender I'm more connected to Zender taking care of crypto than I am a solar-powered kiss, if that makes any sense. I think that's fair because we, we I mean, they built that up, whereas this guy, like, she kind of had a crush on him last last issue, and now they're, they're tr- like, having the tropiest kiss ever in this one, which I did. I mean, I enjoyed the tropiness of it. They're like, oh, my God, how else will you survive? <laughs> you have to kiss me. Um, <laughs> but still, it was, it's just kind of the timing of it, I think, is strange, the way that they're, they've been playing out these things. I, ho- I hope this doesn't come across as too shippy. I, I don't mean it to be. Oh, like, I don't care if she ends up with either of these dudes. <laughs> me, me either. The only person she needs to, to be with forever is Crypto, her best bud. I, agreed. Yeah. And, and not to make shipping sound bad. It's just that's not what I really care about. I'm more annoyed at the writing choices that they're trying, it seemed like they were trying to get me connected to Zender, and now all of a sudden this new guy is in here, and I'm like, oh. And now it's like, never mind. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe uh, Reander is going to come and go, and he's just part of the Omega Men and helping them out, and then he's going to go, and that story's finished. I don't know. But it's it's just annoying to me from a writing standpoint. Um, so that's kind of my beef with that. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about, Morgan because I thought it was important to Supergirl Radio, is that Harry Hokum loses a hand. Yes. <laughs> and this seems to be a recurring thing that happens in our discussions on Supergirl Radio. A lot of characters we discuss lose hands. Uh, Snapper Carr, Eliza Danvers. May, may he snap in peace. May he snap in peace. <laughs> <laughs> He's not dead, but we want him to snap in peace. <laughs> But he never snapped, so... And then he just left the show. So is this just... Uh, I feel like this is... I, th- I think we talk here on Supergirl Radio about uh, people losing hands just as much as a Star Wars podcast might. Um, so that I thought was really interesting, that Harry, <laughs> that Harry Hokum uh, lost a hand. And I was a little confused 
about how he lost the hand. Did he lose it because he just happened to teleport at the same time that Supergirl was holding onto his wrist? Is that what happened? That's what I thought it was. Like, he got tele... I don't know if he teleported himself or if... um, What's her name? The the ice lady uh, uh gandello or if gandello like teleported him just so happened to be when she had his wrist in her hand and for some reason it just didn't teleport all of him i don't know it was it, it doesn't make sense to me that in either scenario if i think about it too hard because like wouldn't it just teleport your whole body i guess unless he wasn't in the the beam i don't know i just at one point i was like Snooper, Supergirl didn't s- snap it, did she? Like, it wasn't something... I don't think Supergirl did something. For a second, I was like, did Supergirl just rip that dude's hand <laughs> off? <laughs> I was like, man, this, this book is getting dark. <laughs> <laughs> She's not going to kill somebody, but she will rip your hand off. L- listen, you don't want to cross her. She just has a whole room filled with hands. Jeez. <laughs> This is a, that's like the dark version of Supergirl where she just like completely loses it. She's like, I won't kill. Give me your wrist. <laughs> like, oh, God, I'm sorry. This is a very uh, hot take on Supergirl uh, <laughs> that, that we're talking about. Um, so, yeah, I think it I think it was the teleportation that took his hand. But it it did take me a second to figure out what was happening there. But I I just thought that that was interesting. I was like, another hand goes missing on Supergirl Radio. What what have we done? <laughs> oh man. Um, I had a question, which is a hand related. <laughs> Once the hand just kind of clomps down to the floor, disgustingly, with it, it looks like a nice fuchsia blood. Weird. Um, she like takes a ring. I thought he was supposed to be human, but his blood appears to be very pink, which uh, which confused me. But she takes this like the ring off of his hand, his, his uh, hand, and is like uh, this cr- the crystal in his ring. I like recognize it. Should I have remembered what this was? Okay, so uh, Appa, I think is uh in relation to Appa Ali Apsa. What who was a character? Um, they thank God for my Google Docs. I would never <laughs> remember this. Uh, but I in my Google Docs I have uh, notes about Appa Ali Apsa from Supergirl number twenty three. Um, Ali uh, Appa Ali Apsa is, uh, according to my notes, he is no more and is only a holographic bit of memory triggered by Supergirl's proximity kind of don't remember this this was i think there was a part in rebirth where she was like going around collecting stones do you remember that yeah i do vaguely remember that um and appa uh says at one point i placed he uh he had some confessions he placed my confessions throughout the universe I could not chance that a single archive would be discovered and destroyed so i think the confessions were in the stones uh, in this issue in Supergirl number 23, I'm looking at in my notes, I wrote, Appa gives Supergirl a red stone and tells her that in order to get the whole truth, she will have to collect other stones. So I think the confessions were related to the destruction of Krypton and what was going on there. So she was having to collect these stones. So I think when she talks about the 
the stone that Harry Hokum had on his finger, she's wondering if it's one of those stones. So I'm guessing that if it is, it will have some sort of confession like a Harry Potter, uh, um, uh, uh, what is the thing? Harry Potter, I'm blanking on uh, Horcruxes. Oh, Horcruxes, yeah. So I think the confessions are sort of like Horcruxes. Um, so I'm guessing that if that is a stone of uh appa that it will have something some information about krypton's destruction so that i hope that answers your question it does because i could not remember for the life of me what it was and i was like the only appa i i've been watching avatar the last airbender recently and they've got a giant floating bison named appa and i was like (laughs) appa like like the the creature from Avatar? What's <laughs> happening? It's like worlds colliding. And I could not <laughs> I could not remember why this ring would have possibly been important, but it was clearly it was supposed to be important because they spend like two panels focused on that ring. And so I was like, what am I missing? Um, but it could also be because I can't say that I'm super invested in this storyline about what really happened to Krypton. I, I, this might be a part of my bias of like, whatever it blew up, but like, (laughs) I just, I just don't really understand the, the focus on it, I guess. I'm just like, not that interested in it yet. Like maybe it'll get more interesting down the line, but like so far, a lot of it has been just like people talking to other people about like, Oh my God, we can't let this person, we can't let anybody know about what happened. And I'm just like, just tell me or already, I don't care. Like, come on, like get to the point with this. Uh, and I feel like it might've been because of our long break, uh, <laughs> but it just feels like the, this storyline is dragging and dragging on forever. It does seem like we might, find out in the next issue which is exciting but i feel like it's kind of dragged on uh, a bit too long now i just don't uh, i'm just not really connecting with it i think that's a fair critique because it seems like supergirl does a lot of stuff and she's been spending a lot of time trying to figure out the truth but she doesn't get a ton of answers and so it does make it feel like it just kind of drags on um in my notes for Supergirl number 22, I wrote, Supergirl encounters the last testament of Appa Ali Apsa, who claims that he was a member of a cabal known as the Circle that unleashed Rogel Czar. So we're getting close, I think, um, because we we have seen people talk about the Circle and Rogel Czar in, uh, in, in this issue, even, um, when they have those floating heads that sort of look like the um, the Council of Krypton from Super, Superman the movie. Um I personally, I'm not, I'm not attached to the story. Like I can come or go with it. I'm if if it got dropped in the next issue, I'd be fine with it. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's my problem. I'm just not finding it compelling. It's not like I don't put down the issue and go like, oh man, I can't wait to find out what happens next with this whole Krypton thing. Like when I put down the issue, I think like what I hope is going to happen in the next issue. It's like more like, what's up with the Omega Men? Can I find out what's up with Nosferatu <laughs> or or like maybe Supergirl and Crypto are going to go on another adventure and that'll be fun. Like I'm not like on the edge of my seat about what's going to happen with this whole backstory about Krypton thing. It's just like, uh, all right. I'm not either, which is strange because I love conspiracies. I love them. 
I yeah I even if people like put out a conspiracy theory that's just outrageous, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna look into that. Maybe there's something to this. I really enjoy a, a good conspiracy, and this should be that. This this is a, a conspiracy that is turning out to be true. This should be really exciting, and I kind of I mean I'm I'm fine with it. It's not that great, but I'll I'll keep reading to see what happens. But it should be something that should be, I for me, really interesting. And I'm, I'm more interested. Like I think, like you, like I'm more interested in the the crypto and space stuff. And um, now I'm kind of getting attached to the Omega Men because we spent a little bit of time with them. I'm, I want to go see what's going on with them. Like I'm getting to know Callista. I want to know about the interpersonal problems between the snake, uh, the snake oh, Omega yes. Man and uh, the tiger Omega Man. That seemed really personal. That seemed more like, um, like there was more going on beneath the surface than like just oh you're back from the dead and you're like a killer now. It was, <laughs> it was like, uh, it was. Uh, he he says so. Being a traitorous witch is in your DNA, huh, Demonia? I was like, whoa. First off, personal. <laughs> Second off. Yeah, she's a killer snake. What of it? <laughs> yeah, Tigor and Demonia seem like there was uh, a past. They don't seem like they get along. And I want to know, like, put the Krypton stuff aside. There's a tiger man and a snake lady that don't get along. And I want to know what's going on there. <laughs> Is Tigor a dude or a a lady tiger? I, I, I think, I, I think... A, a man tiger because he seems very like like he's got like a man oh. chest in that one panel yeah no uh dc uh fandom.com says uh he was created by marv wolfman and uh joe staten yeah i believe demonia is a, a lady snake although uh, yes. i just looks like a giant snake head to me it would be hard to tell yeah okay so tigor is a uh uh, a man cat person. <laughs> um, so, because I was confused, because I, I want to say in the last issue, maybe it sort of seemed like Tigor was a lady cat. Yeah, you're you're not. I don't think you're remembering that wrong. I I think I had that same that same thought. Now I want to know if they have like a uh, like a complicated romantic history with each other. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Tigor and Demonia, but I uh but I think you've you've hit on something though that I think getting to know the characters I think has been a sh a little bit of a strong suit I would say for some of these issues cuz I do I have gotten attached to some of them but the the storyline has been so drawn out that I don't I don't really care but I care about the characters so I think that's that's if there was a plus or a pro side to some of the issues that we've been reading is that I think the characters at least are characters that I care about. So there there is that even if the storyline is kind of like, oh, OK, yeah, I agree. It's it's like, I don't. OK, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess we talked about a little bit about the story. So did you have any favorite pages or panels in the art that you thought were standouts for you in Supergirl number 28? Um, I do really like the um, page 19 where he's um, what's his name? The Ryan Ryan. Uh, I've, no, been, I've been I've that's been I've been right. saying Reander in Reander. my head. I don't know if that's correct, but I that's how I've been saying it. Ryan. 
when Reander is like um, charging her, they're like holding hands and, and he's charging her. I like the coloring on that that paint the panel. Yeah, this nice. It's like all the like the yellows and the the oranges and stuff like that. I think that was really pretty. Um, there was another panel. Uh, let's trying to find it. I mean, I liked the um, the panel. I liked the page seventeen when we get to see um, our boy uh, Hackman again, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> how and when he they sort of like throw Harry Hokum into space. I thought it was interesting how they like used the white border around those like those two pages. So it's like page. 17 and 18 but then that like border kind of like that thick white border and then it kind of disappears i was kind of i was wondering if that was it was kind of like here's where everybody is and like now back to back into our story kind of thing yeah that's an interesting thing to point out because i haven't really been focusing too much on the layout of some of these panels um but it is interesting you know to to go back and think of some of the pages are a little different in the way they're formatted uh for instance on uh, page 12 that one sticks out to me because it's 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 different in the way they have you know the the big panel at the top and then sort of a little panel at the bottom and then they have two little panels that are left and right justified which is which is different i mean they're all formatted a little bit differently um so all the pages are um very unique in that way uh, so yeah, that's a good point to point out the borders. W- was there anything else that you wanted to tra- bring up? Yeah, I'm skimming. I'm, I was just skimming through to see if there was anything in particular. I do like on that pa- panel, uh, the page 15, the bottom panel, like <laughs> right after it zooms in on the hand with the weird pink blood, like the panel of her looking at the ring and she's like kind of she's kind of in shadow and she looks a little bit creepy actually and uh it's like when she's thinking about the ring and like what it means i thought that was kind of interesting to show that like there is still kind of like a darkness that's happening with her right now in this story um so i thought that that was pretty cool yeah that's a a very uh, conscious decision on the part of the artist to to have one side of her face basically blacked out i mean the i guess the left side of her face but if if she was talking it would be the right side of her face but um it's the it's a big shadow like her she cannot see her eye there and i think it's um i don't know i guess there's something in her her being you know a decision is being made in that panel because right after that she decides she's going to go into this lab where all of these other clones are and she gets really angry about what has happened and the technology that's being used, and she destroys it. And so I think I think it's a good uh, artistic way of showing that she's she's making this decision, and we're we're going through this process with her. And so it's not as a, an abrupt thing that happens. We we kind of take a couple of panels to get her to the point where she's really angry about it. So yeah, I think that's a good one to point out. Uh, for me, uh, page four was really interesting right at the beginning of the issue because, uh, Supergirl talks about how these clones are part of her and the, the, one of the Supergirl clones that we talked about, I think last time 
was the the one that sort of looked like uh, that you you could see the skeleton and the bones and things. And it says uh, on page four, there's a panel that shows that clone and it says x-ray vision on it. And I was wondering, is this is this clone like the embodiment <laughs> of X-ray vision? Yeah, I actually had that same question. I completely forgot it because it's like kind of the the very beginning of the of the book. But oh yeah, I had that same question. I was like, but why is it the X-ray? <laughs> <laughs> because the the clone with the heat vision actually it's a clone that has heat vision, but this one seems to be a clone that is just x-ray vision, I guess. I don't know. Weird. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting the, take the on it. The clone is just like, I am an x-ray. <laughs> like, okay, that's not scary. <laughs> so I thought that was that was a, an interesting uh, way to go about that. It wasn't very consistent with the other clones, but I, I thought that was an interesting idea. Um, I liked page five. There's a big uh, splash page there because I like the attention to detail of how much Supergirl is struggling with the clones because they're all attacking her at the same time. There's a zombie Supergirl that has her by the throat. There's a multiple-eyed monster who has her by the leg. And the X-ray vision Supergirl clone is grabbing her left hand. And so I like that it it shows that she's actually having to struggle with these things. This is not an easy fight for her, that they are all coming at her. And I, I think it does a good job of showing what the, the chaos would be with this scenario. So I liked that a lot. Uh, I thought there was, on page eight, there might have been an Incredible Hulk homage, because, like, the, the big... Supergirl that's kind of like a big monster says smash. So I was assuming that was an homage <laughs> to the Incredible Hulk. Um, and I also thought this, the art in this issue did a really good job of showing uh, an entrance for Supergirl, like a really big, powerful entrance on page 14. There's a really great uh, uh, shot of Supergirl kind of coming in. There's like, I guess fire or something it, she's coming in after like a big boom into uh approach harry hokum and so that there's some uh light behind her and I, I just think it's uh really well uh drawn and colored and i think it's a really cool shot of supergirl she looks very determined so i enjoyed that one a lot and there's also another good one on page 16 where she's uh smashing through some glass when she's destroying all of the technology that Harry Hokum was working with to uh, create the clones. So I just enjoyed that there are these like big, powerful moments for Supergirl in this issue. So the, those kinds of things really stuck out to me with the art in this one. Yeah, I like how the smash is like almost three-dimensional. Like she's coming out of the panel. Yes, yes. she's Her fist is coming at us when, when you look at it. So I thought that was pretty cool. All right. Well, um, overall thoughts on Supergirl number 28. Uh, did you like this one? Did you not like this one? Were you like 
Eh. I like this one. I I I I think I'm on the scale. I'm between like eh, it's fine, and and really liking it. Um, I I like the sort of the adventure aspect of it. Her having to fight all these clones that are like clones of herself. Uh, having to fight, you know, her heat vision, and then just an X-ray of I guess her insides. It's got to be terrifying. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I like um the Omega Men. I I don't know what is up with them. They are crazy and I kind of love them. Like I kind of hope that we just dive deep into whatever is up with the Omega men. I like their weird interpersonal squabbles that I want to know more <laughs> about. Uh, I like that. Uh, I like Zinder Cole and crypto just bonding. I thought that was pretty fun. So I thought that there were a lot of like cool aspects of this particular issue. The stuff that I struggle with is really like the uh, overarching Krypton destruction of Krypton um, conspiracy stuff because I just feel like it's dragging, 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 and uh, I didn't care a lot about it to begin with, but I'm like caring less about it as these uh, issues are are going on. But um, I thought that the overall like adventure aspect of it was really fun. So yeah, I think I, I enjoyed this one. I can understand the problem with the Krypton destruction storyline because you're already having. The, the writers are having the challenge to make us care about something that was already established as one way. And now we're having to accept that maybe there's something that we didn't know about that original story that we were told a whole bunch of times. Oh, and, and, and I realized that there was something else that really bothered me, and it, but it was right at the end and I kind of forgot. It's the last page. I think it's page 22. And they're they are saying we've got to finish, you know, the work that Rogelzar did. We have to find the last Kryptonian Car Zorel. Now I don't know if they don't like maybe they don't get DC Comics <laughs> where they are, but she's definitely not the only Kryptonian. So it just mm. felt like to me, I'm like, ooh. But like Superman, he exists, and he also, also has a son. Exists. This. who is and part kryptonian like, yeah he's like out there he's like chilling it up like he's not hiding is the thing he's pretty <laughs> famous so so i was just that completely like we're right at the end of the issue and that completely threw me for a loop where i was like the last of the kryptonians is kara that's not right though that is uh glaring uh, and they are going to try to kill Supergirl, and they are misinformed about some things. So I don't even know if they care about their whole mission uh, being based on a lie. That seems to be a big deal. But that's a good catch. Good catch. Um, yeah, I aside from my complaint with the love triangle thing that was forced upon me in this issue... <laughs> I I liked the uh the conflict for Supergirl with having to fight herself in these various forms. She even talks about how she's having to watch herself die multiple times and I can imagine that being uh pretty traumatic. And I I like that she is connecting with the Omega Men. I liked that a little bit of a a scene, I guess if you will, uh with Callista and her talking, you know, having a moment with her. And so I, I really like that she's being able to connect with these other characters and she gets to go after Harry Hokum in a really, you know, big way. And so I'm glad that she's also 
possibly getting another step further in her investigation of what's happening uh, with the conspiracy theory about uh, what was not really a theory. It's a proven conspiracy about what happened to Krypton. So I like that things seem to be progressing. I I just wish that uh, a love triangle had not been uh, forced upon me. (laughs) But that is what it is. Overall, I thought it was pretty good. It was a pretty exciting issue. I guess that's going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl number 28. If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl number 28 is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at SupergirlRadio.com. You can email us at SupergirlRadio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. Make sure to write and call in before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Radio, Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the show. We're also on Radio Public and Podchaser and DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. And we are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review over there. And if you want to find links to all the things I just mentioned, you can go to supergirlradio.com and you can find all of those links on the right side of the page. And now we throw it over to Amy from the Legends of Tomorrow podcast for the DC TV plugs. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV podcast network. So if you're interested in The Flash, Black Lightning, Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman, Titans, Stargirl, Green Lantern, Strange Adventures, and the upcoming Superman and Lois series or DC TV After Dark, make sure to follow DC TV podcasts on social media and subscribe to the podcast mega feed if you want all those podcasts in one place. And you can follow me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. And uh, if you're listening to this the day we release it, which will be a Thursday on Friday, the very next day at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, If you're interested in Zack Snyder's Justice League stuff, I'm going to be joining the Flash podcast live on the DC TV podcast YouTube channel. And I believe the Flash podcast Facebook page as well to talk about hopes and expectations for Ezra Miller's Flash in Zack Snyder's Justice League. So if you want to come and join us in the chat, you can share your thoughts that way. Uh, I mostly just want to talk about how his biggest function in the DCEU, even though he is the Flash and he's a big hero and all of that, his main thing is that he said Lois Lane was the key. And we never really got a big uh, follow-up to that. So anytime that somebody can say Lois Lane is the key to this whole story, I feel like that is something we need to get (laughs) to. Yeah, Lois Lane should be the key of every story. (laughs) She is, though. That's the thing. So uh, I uh, that's that's kind of my big hope and expectation for Ezra Miller in uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League as The Flash. But I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot of other things. So if you have thoughts on The Flash in the DCEU, come by and uh, hang out with us. Cool. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. You can also find me on DC TV After Dark, as well as the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. And for Legends of Tomorrow, this whole month, we've been uh, continuing our spooky sessions where we are 
watching different spooky TV shows and movies. And we just recorded um, last week, it should be releasing this week, um, an episode on Scream, one of the OG uh, scary movies. Um, So we also had on a friend of our show, friend of Supergirl Radio, we had on my fiance, Mike, who is not a big fan of scary movies and unfortunately (laughs) ended up with a a weird spooky girl who every like September and October is like, everything's horror now. And it's like, (laughs) so uh, I think I've been like slowly inoculating him to like uh, last year we watched a couple of movies and he was like, what are you doing to me? And this year he's just kind of like, (laughs) oh yeah, Conjuring 2 wasn't that bad. And I was like, yeah, Conjuring 1, we had to pause like three times. (laughs) (laughs) He just said he's been thoroughly enjoying them this year. <laughs> I'm, turning, I'm turning him into a spooky person like myself. So, but it's, but uh, but Amy also really dislikes. Uh, is not a big horror person. So, uh, her reactions to having to watch Scream were pretty hilarious. I used to be in my younger years very into horror. I loved the Scream trilogy, which is now, I guess, a what would you call it? A forgel, forgel. Quad, quad, yeah, I don't know what uh, a quad of that would be. Uh, a franchise, the Scream franchise. I loved scary films. And now I'm like, eh, I don't think I'm going to watch that. That's too much for me. I, I don't know if it's like when you get older, you realize there are real consequences and you real like because I guess when I was a teenager, I was like, I'm gonna live forever. Nothing bad will ever happen to me. And so like I could watch those movies and and be fine with it. And now now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, but that could really maybe happen, and that would be bad. <laughs> that would so I, <laughs> so I have a hard time now watching scary movies. Um, but. But the the scream the scream films are fantastic. They really are. Look forward to listening to that episode of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, and uh, hopefully Amy's not too uh, terribly <laughs> upset with everybody for, for making her watch that because I understand that feeling. All right. Well, I think that's uh, gonna do it for us uh, with Supergirl number twenty eight. So thank you for joining us as we catch up on Supergirl comics. <laughs>